Hey everyone, and welcome to the Bible Breakdown Podcast. In this podcast, we will be breaking down the Bible one chapter a day. Whether you are a new believer or have been following Christ for a while, we believe that you will learn something new and fresh every single day. So thank you for joining us, and let's get into breaking down the Bible together. Well, everybody, welcome back to the Bible Breakdown Podcast with your host, Pastor Brandon. Today, 2 Samuel chapter 10, and if I were to give this one a title, it's going to be in the words of Joab, Be Courageous. Joab the jerk. Yes, that guy. <laughs> Be courageous. But he's got a lot of good things to say in this chapter, and we're going to get into that in just a moment. But as always, if you like what we're doing here, make sure you like, share, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Make sure you leave us a five-star review. If you leave a four, just forget about it. All right, Five-star review on the podcast, because you guys are still my favorites, and at the Bible Breakdown Discussion on Facebook. Let us know how you are engaging with God's Word. If you have your Bibles, you want to open them up with me to 2 Samuel chapter 10. We're going to read about how David faces one of the biggest fights he's had to fight so far and how God does an amazing thing because the people are courageous. We're going to talk about that in a second, but I was listening to some guys talking not too long ago. We got to listen to a retired military guy who had the opportunity to be in Vietnam. And he was talking about some of the different battles that he was in and some of the different things he was in. And, and those people are getting far and few in between as a lot of those are, guys are passing away now. So it's a, it's a blessing to be able to hear them tell their stories. And we were listening and we were all just awestruck at these different battles and situations that this guy had been in. And one of the people in the room said, oh, Lord, I don't know if I could have done that. I don't think I'd have had enough courage to go into that battle. And that old man looked at him and he said, well, Lord... I didn't have courage either at first. And he's like, what do you mean? And he's like, well, we was all afraid. But courage isn't about not being afraid. Courage is about being afraid and doing it anyway. And he said, if I didn't do it, my buddy might have got killed. So I had to move forward anyway. And it, it was protecting him that gave me the courage. And man, that has just stuck with me for the longest time. Where this guy was like, we were all afraid. It wasn't the absence of fear that caused us to move forward. That's not what courage is. Courage is feeling fear and moving forward anyway. And that's one of the things we're going to see today is David's army faces one of the biggest battles they've had so far. Joab encourages them, be courageous. In other words, that means feel the fear, guys. Let's all acknowledge this is uncomfortable. We're not at Chuck E. Cheese. All right? We're not at Six Flags. It's not Disney World. The stakes are as high as they get. That's when courage comes. It doesn't take much courage to just walk through life. It takes courage when you see and feel fear and move forward anyway. So let's read this together and see what God's word would say to us through his word. You ready? 2 Samuel chapter 10, verse 1. Sometime after this, King Nahash of the Amorites died, and his son Hunan became king. By the way, very interesting name. Hunan became king. David said, I am going to show loyalty to Hunan just as my father, just as his father, Nahesh, was loyal to me. So David sent ambassadors to express sympathy to Hunan about his father's death. But when David's ambassadors arrived in the land of Ammon, the Ammonite commander said to Hunan, Their master, do you really think these men are coming here to honor your father? No. David has sent them to spy out this city so he can come in and conquer it. So Hanan seized David's ambassadors, shaved off half the man's beards, cut off their robes at the buttocks, and sent them back to David in shame. Whoa. <laughs> that right there 
is a bad day, okay? When David heard what had happened, he sent his messengers to tell the men, hey, 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 stay in Jericho until your beards grow out and then come back. In other words, we don't want to see none of that, all right? For they felt deep shame because of their appearance. I get it. Verse 6, when the people of Ammon realized how seriously they had angered David, they sent and hired 20,000 Armenian foot soldiers from the land of Beth Rehob of of Zobah, a thousand from the king Mahaka and 12,000 from the land of Tob. When David heard about this, he sent Joab and all his warriors to fight them. So to get kind of an idea, that's 20,000 Armenians, a thousand from another place, and 12,000. So that's 33,000. Well, we already know from a few chapters before that the average size of David's troops between 30 and 35,000 likely. So that means they are now pitched in battle roughly about the same size. So verse 8, The Armenian troops came out and drew up battle lines at the entrance of the city gate, while the Armenians of Zobah and Rehob and the men of Tob of Micah were positioned themselves to fight in the open fields. When Joab saw that he would have to fight both in the front and in the rear, he chose some of the Israelites' elite troops and placed them under his personal command to fight the Armenians in the fields. He left the rest of the army under the command of his brother Abishai, who was attacked the Amorites. And he said this, If the Amorites are too strong, Armenians rather, are too strong for me, then come over and help me, Joab told his brother. And if the Amorites are too strong for you, I will come help you. And then he said this, Be courageous. Let us fight bravely for our people and for the cities of our God. And may the Lord's will be done. And when Joab and his troops attacked, the Armenians began to run away. And when the Amorites saw the Armenians running, they ran from Abishai and they retreated into the city. After the battle was over, Joab returned to Jerusalem. The Armenians now realized that they were no match for Israel. And when they regrouped, they were joined by additional Armenian troops summoned by Hadadezer from the other side of the Euphrates River. These troops arrived at Helam under the command of Sabak, the commander of Hadadezer's forces. When David heard that this had happened, he mobilized all of Israel and crossed over the Jordan River and led the army to Halam. The Armenians positioned themselves in battle formation and fought against David. But again, the Armenians fled from the Israelites. This time, David's forces killed 700 charioteers and 40,000 foot soldiers, including Sabach, the commander of their army. When all the kings aligned with Hadadezer saw that they had been defeated by Israel, they surrendered to Israel and became their subjects. After that, the Armenians were afraid to help the Ammonites. Wow, this massive battle is about to happen. And watch what Joab says. He says, be courageous. Let us fight bravely, not for our glory, but for our people and for the cities of God. May the Lord's will be done. Like I was saying earlier with the, uh, the gentleman I knew had been in Vietnam, he said, it wasn't, it wasn't courage at first. I was terrified. But that's where courage comes from. Courage comes when you feel the fear and you move forward anyway. Not for your personal glory, but what would Joab say? He said, but for the people and for the cities of our God. May the Lord's will be done. I heard someone say this the other day. I'm going to give this for you to consider as we get ready to end our time. He said, do you realize that if it really is true that God truly is in control, then nothing happens to you that's outside of his will. Good, bad, indifferent, God will have his way. Therefore, you can fully trust 
whatever's happening. And he said, if you can fully trust whatever's happening, then you never have to have a bad day because you know that even if it starts off bad, God has the ability to make something beautiful out of it. Therefore, say, I will be courageous because I trust the Lord. That's why Joab was saying, may the Lord's will be done. Now that is much easier said than done. It's easy to trust God on Sunday morning. It's easy to trust God when you get that promotion. It's easy to trust God when a check comes in the mail, when the kids are having a good day, when you and your spouse aren't fussing or you, everything seems to be working out for you. It's hard to trust God when the doctor says, I need you to come in. I need to talk over the test results. It's hard to trust God when you lose that job. When your spouse says, we need to have a difficult conversation. When the principal calls from the school and says, everything's not all right. Or when you lose the job. Can I tell you though, if God is truly for us and he is, then we can trust him. Therefore, we can be courageous. Not because we don't feel fear, but because we feel the fear and we move forward anyway. I don't know what's going on in your life. Maybe you're feeling the fear, feeling concern, feeling some worry, interested about what's going on in a a thought-consuming kind of way. Can I tell you? That's when courage begins. But you can have courage today. God's Word says, God has not given us a spirit of fear or intimidation, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. If you're feeling fear today, that's a perfect time for courage to begin. Not because everything has already worked itself out, but because you trust the Lord that somehow it will. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much for today. Thank you that you are with us and you are for us. God, all throughout life, there's moments of fear. There's moments of worry and concern. I pray, God, that you will fill us with your love and with your joy to realize that you are for us. And because you are for us, nothing can stand against us. We celebrate you today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. Well, God's word says in 2 Samuel chapter 7, your house and your kingdom shall endure before me forever. Don't forget, God wants an eternal relationship with you. He has called you and he is qualifying you to do what he's called you to do. I love you. I'll see you tomorrow for 2 Samuel chapter 10.